Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Friday, March 2nd, 2018. On this episode of the Foul Balls podcast, we will be covering tomorrow's six-game English Premier League slate. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Rob. What's going on, Rob? How was your week? Not too much at all. My week was pretty good. Suffered last week. All my goaltenders finished in the minus, and I still had cards clear 100. So all I needed was a winning goaltender, and it could have been pretty cool. But I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, this weekend, the, the king of the pitch qualifier in DraftKings is only $5. There is a two, $20 one, obviously, too. But uh, you always love those $5 ones. They're pretty fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's always a fun tournament to enter, especially if you get a ticket to the big tournament at the end of the season. Anyways, without further ado, let's jump into the slate like we always do and start at goalie. Take it away, Rob. What goalies catch your eye? First, I just want to say one thing here, defend myself quickly. Uh, For anyone who listens to the podcast, obviously knows I talk about Watford a lot, and I know you tend to make fun of me when I talk about Watford too much, and I'm going to do it again this week. I'm sorry. It just so happens they're at home, and they're playing West Brom. If it was any other situation, I probably wouldn't talk about them this highly. I know it keeps falling on Brom every week. I'll talk about it slowly as we go through here. But, or, excuse me, uh, Watford every week. I keep falling on them. There are reasons every week. I'll try to explain them and justify them again. But I just want a little grain of salt. I understand here that I talk about them every week, and it's probably getting old news for everyone. But there is relevance. But we can start this week with Loris. He's still an excellent play at 6K. He's one of the few elite relevant salaries that should still pay off in some sense. He could still rob points at the slate, where I'd be very surprised if Liverpool or Southampton or Leicester managed to do that. Uh, following them, obviously, is uh, Kersingas on uh, Watford, who I think is just the top all-around keeper play of the slate, either format. You can use him in GPP and stack him with two wing backs. You can use him in cash by himself or stack him with the whole of us. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I think uh, Kersingas is easily the best keeper play of the slate uh it's tough when it's a Watford player again I know it's not fun to keep looking at Watford but their ceilings are so obscenely high uh when you combine them in GPP and in cash alone uh, stacking with Polobos is just a, a optimal thing to do by itself even before we consider it's against Brom so uh, Karzingas is my man this week for sure uh, other than that I really don't like keepers at all this week uh, Fabanski's probably a little bit too expensive Adrian and West Ham have been really bad as of late I'm not interested in taking that on uh, Brom have been brutal uh, Bournemouth have been a massive risk uh, Stokes still have the worst defense in the league in Newcastle, and Huddersfield are playing the two of the three best attacks in the league. So, uh, and again, if you look at the elite salaries, we can say the same thing every week about Liverpool. They're, uh, they need a CS bonus to pay off, and it's probably not going to happen. And Southampton are a good team, don't get me wrong, but uh, Stoke just offer a lot this week in terms of Southampton's weaknesses. And the, the same can be said for Leicester against Bournemouth. Both these teams are, aren't really super relevant. It probably won't break a slate on either uh, choice. So uh, I'm definitely looking at a lot of this slate. He's going to be my main guy for sure. Uh, and in all honesty, what I'm probably going to end up doing here is playing very heavily focused on pickums because I'm really not interested keepers this slate at all uh but yeah it, it's gonna go Krasingas for me maybe Fabanski I'll probably take a shot on Stoke in GPP and if you want to be really really risky uh go 
with Losel because at least he's going to see like 12 shots. But yeah, that's really my keeper takes. Yeah, keeper is not a position I'm looking to roster um, this weekend. Like you, I don't really see any standout plays. To be honest, I'm probably just going to build the, you know, the rest of my lineup in whatever salary I have for keepers, what I have for keeper. I don't I don't see the need to pay up for the two you know, biggest favorites of the slate in Tottenham or Carius. I mean, Loris is, you know, probably the safest thing for a clean sheet and a win. His floor is probably 10 points, but I doubt Huddersfield even get a shot on that, you know. So you can basically exactly. put a 10 next to Loris's name and move on from there. But, yeah, outside of that, I don't really, I'm not really too keen on, you know, touting a certain keeper. I'm really just. Whatever fits is whatever fits for me, because as we learn this year, it's kind of become a crapshoot. The top teams are very dominant, way more dominant than they've ever been this year, and you know anything can go in any EPL team when it's a middle two middle of the table teams facing off with each other. Anyways, let's move to defense. At defense, it's kind of very similar to goalie. You got the high price Tottenham people, you got the high price Liverpool, and then. Just below that, it's a crapshoot. I'm primarily going to be focused on, I know you alluded to this before we started the podcast, or right when we started the podcast, about mentioning Wofford over and over again. But <laughs> once again, the Wofford defensive backs stand out to me the most. West Brom are spiraling out of control. They, Alan Pardew, his tactics and everything about him is being questioned. He has no control over his team right now. And this is a you know a great spot for Watford to attack a very lackluster West Brom team. So I think the prices across their team are all fair. And I think isn't their primary set piece person dealing with Delafeo? Isn't he questionable this weekend? Yeah, exactly. So it should fall back on the shoulders of all the boss like. Um, Watford are, are pretty hurt in terms of their role players, so Holobos just stands out. But I'll let you continue. Yeah, I would, that's basically. I mean, if you have the salary to get up to the Tottenham guys, I think they're all they're definitely in play. Their six K price tags are, you know, a bit justified. But I think uh, I think there's ju- you know there's upside in their team scoring, you know, four to five goals this weekend against Huddersfield. But yeah. Outside of that, I mean, it's basically just the Watford and Tottenham guys. I don't really, like, I'm not. Leicester don't really do much from the back. Bournemouth are the team they're facing. Um, no reason to go there. Southampton, Stoke. Um, I mean, I think the, the, the Stoke brought in a couple new defenders, right? This guy Staff Staphylidis. You heard of him? Um, this Greek guy? No, I haven't. Um, what really concerns me most about Stoke is that they've allowed the most crosses to defenders this season. Uh, and if you look back like from week to week at who they've been playing, they just allow absurd amount of crosses, like absurd amounts. Uh, check out uh, Mares and Albrighton. That's the example one and two if you need to see what Stoke have been allowing other teams to do to them. Uh, week in and week out. So, like, um, if you want to continue, you can, absolutely. But, yeah. You got it. 
I was just yeah, it, basically running it's, through it's, them. For so. me, it's Tolbas, Bayern Friar is like the only defender play this slate. Like literally the only. It comes down to like if you're going to take a Spurs wing back, you're going to basically have to take Lloris too. And if you take those two, that's the salary of Harry Kane. So especially when you look at the difference between like uh, 6.3 and 5.7 may not sound like much until you look at Harry Kane at 12 and Salah at only 400 less. So that's like the difference between Salah and Harry Kane uh, and what route you want to go. Uh, so it's it's a pretty big salary jump. And I the whole of us just stands out as the equal floor, maybe not as high ceiling, but uh you don't need to spend up that much, especially in cash. And Holbas is going to be one of the top role players of the entire slate, let alone uh, just his matchup against Brom, in which he should absolutely smash. I do like Trent Alexander-Arnold an awful lot. Uh, I won't be using him at 5.6, but I still think it, there's a lot to be said. He's stepped up his form quite considerably, and if Liverpool are going to keep producing here, it's going to have to be spread out a little bit more uh, with Coutinho gone. So uh, I expect Alexander Arnold to whip in a few quality crosses here. That's his deal. It's his, he doesn't have uh, quantity, but he has massive quality, and that may be all you need this week in the GPP. Uh, I still like Newcastle, though. Uh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Uh, Southampton, I think, like I was saying, Stoke allowed the most uh, defensive crosses so far this season in general, just getting crossed on like crazy. Uh, so I think whichever side gets uh, doesn't get Shakiri, excuse me, which I think will be Suarez so- uh, so- uh, so- will be, uh, excuse me, Cedric Suarez so- uh, will be one of my favorite uh, all-around plays this slate. Uh, I'm expecting, uh, I'm saying this with the expectation of a goal or an assist and in doing so he already rattles off between four and six to seven fantasy points every week if you add on six to that that's 13 14 15 points uh which is more than enough to win a slate for you especially this slate when you look and see the low quality uh jan matt's still an obvious play but if you're playing holobos and cash you can't play jan matt too uh that's why i'll probably be rolling with a, a little bit of suarez in my life uh I like Simon Francis a lot. If he keeps getting played out wide for Bournemouth, uh, I think he's an excellent cash play at 4,300. I may roll with Olsen this week uh, from Swansea at 4.1K. I know his quality is just absolutely garbage, but that salary, there's no denying it with the potential to get almost guaranteed get more than five crosses. And I still really like... uh, more, more, more. It's Bauer on Stoke. Uh, stacking him with Butland, I think, is a really sneaky GPP play this slate. Again, simply for the fact that Southampton don't know what to do when teams cross the ball at them, and uh, Bauer has been good for around three crosses uh, most games. So I'll take three or four crosses against Southampton, having no idea what they're doing in the GPP stack. I think that's half smart. Uh, because no one's going to be on Butland, especially after the own goal last week. They almost got the CS bonus, but anyone who saw that won't be taking him this week, and I'll be taking that chance, I think. But other than that, there's really, like, the craziest long shots of the season. Uh, Hadagajong on Huddersfield, uh, Kieran Gibbs on Brom, like, (laughs) Yeldon on Newcastle, maybe. Uh, There's just, like, literally nothing of quality outside of really whole of us and maybe the uh, Southampton wing back to slate. Uh, Cresswell is interesting too. If he gets put on the wing, I'm not sure what West Ham are going to do. Uh, 
defensively who they decide to play at wide. If Cresswell is still stuck at the back, I'm not interested. But if he ends up in some sort of wing back or a wing midfielder position, I have no issue with Cresswell uh, in either format, really, to be honest, uh, just because no one will be on him. I think he'll be a really good pivot play. But uh, other than that, that's my defensive takes. Yeah, I like the Moritz Bauer call. His prices come down after you know a few mediocre performances, but he certainly is a talented back that's capable of a high upside. Anyways, let's move to midfield and forward. And as always, midfield and forward, we have the conundrum of what to do with the expensive teams. Because this season, it's been a constant, you know, trend where the top four teams are just steamrolling throughout the competition, and it's leaving this gap of, you know, talent disparity between the top and the middle. With that being said, there's two huge favorites on the slate. Liverpool plays at 12:30, is around minus four, oh. minus 400 to minus 500. And then Tottenham plays at 10 a.m. is about a minus 500 favorite. And with that being said, we all know, well, you know, the average soccer fan should be able to identify exactly what that means, which is what to do with Mo Salah and Harry Kane. They are the most expensive players on the slate by a wide margin. And probably not optimal to fit them both in the lineup but it's probably it's certainly doable and you know it leaves you with what to do personally I noticed um, a certain trend that's been I think that's been going on throughout the season is that these high price these powerhouse teams aren't aren't crossing as much as you know normal instead of attacking from the outside they're you know, attacking directly towards the middle, and their crosses are turning into shots. They are taking a lot more shots than they usually do, and with, you know, with this certain trend, I think it makes much more sense to stick with, as as costly as Harry Kane is, it, it just makes more sense. I think he provides a much safer floor. I, prov- I think he provides the same exact floor as Christian Eriksen, but the upside is infinitely higher because of his you know goal scoring capabilities. The guy has had three goals in three straight games. He's had six in his last four, which is you know a crazy rate. But you know I Mahrez is in a good spot. I'm not really sure how to deal with Mahrez when you have you know Kane and Salah. So it leaves me with a couple question marks right now. And, you know, when you're talking about these expensive guys, you're obviously going to need to find value in the low to mid, under 5K range. So I'm going to harp on a couple guys that I like. Troy Deeney is a guy who has been scoring Yay. goals, <laughs> scoring goals at home at a, you know unprecedented rate. I think he has two goals in the last two home games, maybe three, or a goal and assist. But... 4900 is way too cheap against, once again, West Brom, who are spiraling out of control, are probably going to be relegated. I think they're a good favorite to be relegated. Um, just below that, there is this guy named... What's his name? He's on Stoke. Do you know what I'm talking about? Badu- Baduayi? 
He's a new player. Chupa Moting? Is that no, what you mean? No, no. This guy... B Njai, Badu Njai. You ever heard of him? Did I, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I am familiar with him, actually. He, I'm pretty sure he's with Sunderland. Uh, I, I literally only say this because I, I got him a football manager. What do you, what, <laughs> I'm not sure if you played that video game or anyone out there plays that video game, but I got him a football manager, and he was pretty, pretty, pretty sick. That's for sure. He's unreal. Uh, Papa is a... Signaling's football player who plays as a midfielder for Stoke City. He previously played for Danvers Academy, Norwegian side, uh, Bordeaux, Grand Turkish clubs, uh, Anaspador, and Galatasaray. So he came from Galatasaray. Exactly. Um, he made his debut, I think, earlier in February. Um, he had an assist to Shakiri, and he's, you know, Constantly been flirting with around double-digit points. His price remains at four thousand seven hundred. I think he's a phenomenal play if he gets the start. He, you know, he's. I think his game is. He's a box-to-box midi. He's very offensive-minded, as you can see. He's taking shots in every single game that he's been in. One of them's been on net, but it doesn't matter because he's still, you know, shooting and he's. Very active in the midfield. I think he's a phenomenal value play at 4700. I'm not sure how popular he'll be. I think he'll go very under-owned because people aren't on him. And another guy that I was on last week that I'll be on this week whose price has just not changed is Ki Soon Yoon. He's becoming a more, you know, apparent role in the offense. He will definitely be popular. He has a very, you know, positive matchup at home against West Ham. And if you look at his, you know, game log recently, ever since the Arsenal game, he's whatever Carlos Carvajal has changed, it's gotten key just way more active in the, I guess, the 10 roll or whatever it is. But, you know, those are a few guys I have my eyes on. I'm not, for the most part, it's going to be like which Tottenham or which Liverpool guys I want exposure to with maybe a Mahrez, you know, a fade on both Salah and Kane for Mahrez because I think he has similar upside. How about you? Yeah, um, I'll talk about Harry Kane a little bit, but I agree he's the better play of the two. Uh, it's tough to make – it's honestly, it's almost undoable to make a card with Harry Kane and Sal together. The only way it's possible is if you take – logically, you can't take the keeper that they're scoring on. So that means Newcastle and Huddersfield are out. So you're basically stuck dealing with Jack Butland or like Losel. Or, sorry, no, you can't use Losel. Uh, Jack Butlander Begovic as your uh, your keeper this slate. And I don't think either of those keepers, especially in cash, maybe in GPP, warrant something. But uh, so, like, it, getting both Kane and Sal in there is really hard. I think generally what I try and do is I make sure I get one in there and find another player to pivot from. And then what I do is I put the exact same card in another, like I'll double enter and take out Kane and put in Salah and find that second player I want to pivot or upgrade uh, or downgrade, whichever I'm doing. Uh, and I'll try and enter, usually it's the keeper and defender that I'll switch out uh, and try and get like a different kind of a winning CS bonus stack cod or something. But for the most part here in midfield, uh, this slate, uh, yeah, it's it's got to be uh, Salah's got to be on your radar at least i really like it to be honest i love pivoting off in this slate a lot uh 
it's obviously I'm not here to deny Sal anything. I'm just not sure how Liverpool are going to approach midweek. They're up five nothing against Porto when they play uh, so, uh, in Champions League. So I'm just not sure how they may just sub everyone off at two nothing. Uh, they may save everyone for the midweek. They may use now and just uh, run the B squad in the midweek. I'm not sure what they want to do. Uh, but I really like Erickson as a really strong cash pivot, especially in cash. I think uh, Christian Erickson's going to be way low owned. Uh, and if you're struggling for salary, uh, don't be afraid just to roll with Christian Erickson. The same can be said for Mares. Uh I think Mares and uh, Albrighton are both incredible plays this slate. Uh, I prefer Albrighton cash and Mares and GPP, but honestly, I'm not even opposed to stacking both of them in GPP. Uh, I think they're both really great plays. Uh, I wouldn't stack the two of them with Vardy, but uh, I do like the two of them in particular in a GPP stack. Uh, Ward Prowse is really tough, and he's concerning me. Here's what, here's the thing with Ward Prowse is that he had one game where he had the goal and assist, and since then, DraftKings has like jacked up his salary, and it hasn't come down. The issue here is that he plays 90 minutes in an important role and takes the set pieces. So he checks all the boxes to be like an important player. He just isn't showing up. He isn't providing the kind of floor that we need from 8.3K. That's a goal scorer's salary range comparatively Arnautovic is an incredible play in GPP Shakiri's probably my top play this slate period uh, I think Shakiri is going to go completely unowned at only 8.1k like that's mind-blowing to me it's see I was so focused on him I didn't even notice Nettie uh, at uh, 4.7k and I think he's an incredible play too uh, and, and honestly as you were talking to him you very quickly uh, made made his way up my exposure ladder for sure but I'm all in Shakiri this slate I think he's going to be completely unowned and he could do some real serious damage here uh, I really like Stoke against Southampton uh, and Shakiri's a large part of that so I already touched on Albrighton uh, West Ham con- concerned me in this point that like they have six guys to play four positions and they're going to be moving everyone around to try and do that and minutes are going to get hurt uh, so I'm not interested in West Ham I think Stanislas and Bournemouth is an incredible play either format uh, if Brunt starts, use him in cash where you're not using Karzingis and other, uh, and other uh, Watford guys. Uh, but other than that, it's really, really slim pickings. Uh, Decor's a, a really great play. Uh, Pritchard is like a really interesting contrarian GPP play. Uh, Troy Deeney, obviously. I'll talk with him a little bit more in forwards. Uh, yeah, Nitty, like you talked to, I think he's an incredible play. Uh, Robin Van Lepara is on a little streak here. If there's someone that's going to score against uh, Spurs, it's probably going to be him. He's stepped it up a lot since Moy's gone out. So uh, Van Lepara on Huddersfield, I think, is a really sneaky GPP play. Uh, I like your uh, Kung Sun Young, Colin uh, Swansea. I think Christian Atsu on uh, Newcastle conversely like if someone's going to break the Huddersfield or the Spurs CS bonus it's going to be Van Lepara if someone breaks the Liverpool I think it's going to be Christian Atsu uh, Newcastle has this tendency to start really random players in big games and Atsu has found his way on uh, in the starting lineup against teams like uh, Man United twice and uh, and uh, excuse me not Chelsea uh, 
anyways, he keeps he keeps finding his way in the starting lineups here and uh, against big teams. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Atu gets the start. But uh, other than that, I really don't have any other takes in midfield at all. Uh, with Shelby out, I think Newcastle are going to hurt a little bit coming from the midfield. But uh, other than that, that's really my midfield takes. <clears throat> awesome. It's always good when our insight overlines or aligns, I meant to say. But anyways, let's move forward. Forward, it's real simple for me. Um, the options, the pool is very weak. I'm going to be looking to either use Dini, Salah, or Kane. Probably Kane and Dini will be my most used forwards, and that's about it. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to go Kane, Salah. Uh, that's why I was talking earlier a lot about I like Mares a lot as a pivot. I'm going to fade Firmino and Mane, I think, Uh if I'm just doing Liverpool, I'm doing Salah, and that's probably it. I don't really see much point in stacking the three of them uh, when there isn't really enough value to go around. Uh, I like Jamie Vardy an awful lot. Um, I think Callum Wilson's an interesting play on the other side of the field there for Bournemouth. Uh, the problem with Chikorito and West Ham is West Ham should score, but there's, again, three or four guys that can play his position. Where, again, on the other side of the field, uh, Jordan A was my top forward play of the slate easily at 5.9K. He scored eight last week doing absolutely nothing but peripheral stats. If he manages to get a goal on that, that's 20 from 5K, uh, for 6K, excuse me. I'll take that all day. I have no issue with that. So I'll be looking at Jordan A as the other forward that I'm putting into the the mix my hope is that jordan andre and abraham all three start together up front and i'm going to try and stack all three and be a madman uh because no one i don't think in the history of dfs has ever succeeded on a trifecta stack from swansea so see what happens with that one uh carillo i wish he was getting more minutes uh same can be said with uh, okazaki on lester i think he's an interesting play too but just not seeing enough minutes to really make it work uh troy dini's the guy absolutely 100 percent. i'm going right back to the well this slate and using him as much as possible uh at only 4.9k he's not only one of the better values but he's literally uh like one of the better forward plays, period. Uh, getting to bring him up into a forward slot from midfield is pretty crucial, especially with the lack of options this slate. Uh, again, if Liverpool aren't going to keep their CS bonus, I really like Azon Perez. And uh, uh, lastly, I'll touch on here, uh, I don't think he's going to play, unfortunately, but I talked about him in the article too. Dwight Gale is an absolute Liverpool killer. This guy, it happens just to be on a tear at the moment, but uh, yeah... He he has a he's made literally a career out of scoring against Liverpool uh, so much so that back whenever Christian Benteke was playing with Liverpool, they were thinking about bringing Dwight, Dwight Gale in as Benteke's backup just so he would stop playing against them and scoring on them. So if um, if Dwight Gale gets the start, I'm definitely going to be using him in some GPPs, and if he doesn't, I'll probably use Azon Perez uh, as a pivot off of Salah with Kane. Uh, and try and catch a Newcastle goal uh, because from 4.4K, all you need is one goal, and uh, that skyrockets you basically to three times value, which is more than enough to help you carry uh, a GPP win. I'm definitely not chasing cash, but it's something to think about in GPP. But, uh, yeah, that is my forward takes. Awesome. Do you have any last-minute last takes you want to let the readers? Jordan Ayew. Jordan Ayew. 
no one's going to be looking at him at all. Jordan Ayo and Swansea, get him into your cards at 5.9K. He opens up mm-hmm. a lot of things with Harry Kane because, uh, as uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you put Harry Kane and Salah in your in one and two, you get 4.4K average for the rest of your guys. So that means a low-end keeper and literally nobody else. Even Troy Deeney's almost too expensive uh, if you get those two in in the same card. So look at someone like Jordan Ayew. Uh, and in terms of Pickums, I have no no problem in Pickums with James Ward-Prowse. Uh, Feel free to use them in Pickums. I'll be doing a Pickums article tonight too. But uh, yeah, in terms of uh, my final takes, Jordan Ayew is going to be my guy this late. Awesome. There you heard it. Get Jordan Ayew in your GBP cards. He has undeniable upside. Anyways, that'll about Even do in it. Cash. Even in cash, he says. The man says <laughs> you can use Ayew in cash. Anyways, that about wraps up this episode of foul balls and we will see you guys next week good luck everyone this weekend have fun